The ending to Low-Key versus Kenta at House of Glory last night, which you could see on Fight TV, was fucking lame. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And on this very special episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be reviewing the one match that I really was looking forward to. 17 years in the making, we were having Loki versus Kenta at House of Glory. House of Glory has definitely been a staple in the New York City wrestling scene, and I was really happy that they got the Laboom venue last night. I miss Laboom. If you never experienced Laboom for a wrestling show, you're missing out. It's one of those highlights, sort of like a landmark that you go and visit and you have a wonderful time. I've always had a wonderful time there whenever Evolve was there and I would help set up the ring and whenever the other wrestling promotions were there too and I would help behind the scenes and be an extra, do whatever I was asked of. So Laboom has a very special place in my heart for when wrestling shows, indie wrestling shows come to New York City and they book Laboom. Laboom is also a Spanish venue and they hold like dances and other things you could think of for that type of venue. Another good venue to book your wrestling shows is also the Elks Lodge in Queens. It's not that far away from Laboom. So if any of the independent wrestling promotions out there still want to book in New York City, the two best places other than the Manhattan Center, if you can't afford the Manhattan Center, is Laboom and the Elks Lodge over in Queens. Those two are really good places. I really enjoy those two places. Now, for this match in particular, since it was in Laboom, it had a really nice feel to it. The two names on the card, Loki and Kenta, are very synonymous with wrestling. They are two of the best. They're two of my favorites. And I've watched them from the very beginning of their careers. I've watched them from the early days in Ring of Honor and sometime in Japan when I was able to watch stuff from Japan. So like Noah, some New Japan, some Zero One, some All Japan, and then following their careers to WWE, following their careers to the Indies, following their careers back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and now following whatever Loki does next. So I am very familiar with both of these guys' work. And to see them on Fight TV, to see them in House to Glory, it was really amazing to watch. Leading up to this, Loki has appeared on some podcasts. He has appeared on my buddy's podcast, Duke Loves Wrestling. If you have not listened to an episode of Duke Loves Wrestling, please make sure to go and listen to his podcast. Does amazing podcast episodes with wrestlers and everyone from all over the world and industries and really gets to the core issues and really have good conversations, deep conversations. And he was having conversations with Loki in his recent episode. And of course, Loki was talking about Kenta and how he feels that the way that Kenta's path had went, he doesn't really necessarily agree with it. And that when he went to go to WWE, 
Loki felt that it was a slight against Mizawa, Kenta's former trainer, and Noah, and Kenta responding back to Loki with, he doesn't understand and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so we are here to see this match. This match probably should have been the main event, probably should have sent people home happy, and definitely we should have gotten a clear winner in this match. According to commentators, and I said it earlier in this podcast episode that this was a match 17 years in the making. So with something as grand as 17 years in the making, we needed a clear, decisive winner. Before I get to the lame-ass fucking decision that was called, let me talk about the match. The match between Loki and Kenta really felt like two warriors going in there, giving it their all, and showing the world why these two are the best in the business, best in the world, and why they can still do professional wrestling like they can in their ages with the amount of injuries, even though Loki probably doesn't have a lot of injuries, but just the fact that they've been doing this for so long that they can still hang and produce a wonderful match that really felt like two warriors fighting, that felt like they had to prove to each other that somebody had to be better than the other because when they were fighting... They were basically either canceling each other out or they knew exactly what they were going to do. And it was sort of like who could get the one up. There wasn't many of those moments in this match of who could get the one up because they were so evenly matched. And I fell in love with the story. I fell in love with watching them work, watching them do what they had to do. And it was really great because honestly... Kenta hasn't really been having a really great 2022. I believe he was out for most of the year, if not the ending of like 2021 into like 2022, because he had that hardcore match with Tanahashi and New Japan Pro Wrestling does not produce hardcore matches very frequently or very often like a WWE or what seems to be very often like AEW hardcore matches and stuff so new japan doesn't really do hardcore matches so the time that they did it between Kenta and tanahashi it was really special i was at the edge of my seat when i saw kenta versus tanahashi in that hardcore match kenta falling off the ladder going through i believe a table and a trash can or just a trash can by itself kenta has that long scar going down his back because he did get that really big gash during his match so Kenta really put his body on the line in this hardcore match Tanahashi didn't want it because Tanahashi's philosophy is more of we got to give wrestling we got to give our fighting spirits in the match we shouldn't really be doing hardcore matches but Kenta was very insistent on having this hardcore match between Tanahashi, then it happened and it was spectacular and frightening at the same time. So Kenta was dealing with that. And then after Kenta did the hardcore match with Tanahashi, 
he had matches here and there. He was losing here and there. And then he came out with his book. And to talk about his book, he went on like a book tour in New Japan Pro Wrestling, using it as a weapon, just making sure that the fans know that his book is out and just using it to promote it in his matches and the antics that he would do. And I felt like this wasn't a really good representation of Kenta, the man that everyone feared, the man that will kick you from point A to point B and like you'll probably wake up sore, you know, the man with the strong style, the man with the amazing kicks and just giving us amazing matches. And I know that not everybody can go back to when they were in their prime or their younger self. You know, I totally get that. Body changes, mind changes, life changes. Everything is included in all of that. But last night, watching House of Glory on Fight TV, I really felt like Kenta still has Kenta in him. And Loki does a wonderful job. Every time he's in the ring with somebody that he brings the best out in them. The same thing with Kenta. Kenta does the same thing. Kenta brings the best out in people when it means the most. And fighting low-key, I believe, meant the most to him. Not only to, like, probably shut up low-key, but also because at the very core of these two men are fighters, are warriors, and not so much entertainers. And there was a comment that Loki had mentioned on my buddy's podcast about that he is a fighter, he's a warrior, and he doesn't do any of the sports entertainment stuff that we're used to seeing on WWE programming and everywhere else in American professional wrestling. And he also mentioned how when fans will come up to him and they'll say that, you know, they don't get him or he doesn't have charisma and this is where I differ from like a lot of people when I watch professional wrestling. Just because someone doesn't do promos doesn't mean that they're not entertaining. You have to understand what they do in the ring, how they act, how they pose, how they walk, how they perform the athletic ability inside the ring. So in professional wrestling, you are telling a story at all times. Cameras are on you all the time. So you have to make sure that your character can come through non-verbally when you're in the ring, through your moves, through your mannerisms, through your selling, anything like that. Now, for the life of me, I don't remember much of Loki's promos. I do remember Loki more for his in-ring ability, for his presence for his intimidation but I don't fear the guy I think that he's a very good strong protector and that's what I originally gravitated towards to when I first watched him when he came to Ring of Honor in 2002 and from there I was like oh he's fucking special like I'm gonna like watch his whole career and like just really be like a cheerleader from the side so I understand Loki's genius behind his character. You may not understand it because you might like a lot more charisma, meaning a lot more promos and the way they talk so you could get an idea of a character. That's not wrong. 
that's okay to like because I like that too. I like when wrestlers can talk in the mic, but I also appreciate the geniuses that can non-verbally tell you what their character is and do it in a way where it's now considered a lost form of art to do it because nowadays in modern wrestling a wrestler could go out there do a hundred moves and in those hundred moves you have 50 spots and every single time you guys pop you guys pop for 15 minutes or so or maybe some 15 seconds but then after the match is done and you go home can you honestly say that you remember that match there's a lot more things I could remember between Loki and Kenta separately than I can with the modern day wrestling that's out there I try my best I really do but if I'm gonna see a same choreography dance over seven times like that best out of seven series between Death Triangle and the Elite to me it's not worth it because I'm not gonna remember anything except for a hammer going over in a story that's not supposed to be there that is sad when the object goes over in a match that doesn't need to be there more than the wrestlers. That's really sad. But I'm getting ahead of myself. It's just that there's a really huge contrast between what we consider as wrestling, what we keep, what we don't keep. There's a really huge disconnect there. However, Watching Kenta versus Loki, I was transported back in time to watching two men at their very best tell me a story inside this ring that one of them wanted to be declared the winner, even though they were evenly matched. And like I said, there wasn't like huge spots. There wasn't any type of who got the lead. Sure, there might have been a little bit more offense than the other. However, they were still evenly matched, and I was waiting for a winner. But we didn't get a fucking winner, which is kind of stupid. It's kind of lame. You build up, well, semi-build up, because there wasn't really much build up from House of Glory themselves in the marketing department for this match this match is definitely marquee these guys have been all over the world you gotta put some respect on their name and if you are not going to put respect on their name then why book them why have the match in the first place why this event why this company now let me just jump into some business that could have probably helped increase sales help increase word of mouth you know, there's a lot of podcasters out there, including myself, that have watched the big names go from nothing to everything. And for someone like me that's very knowledgeable about wrestling, that can talk to talk the same thing as my male counterparts in the podcasting world, I do know about these guys' history. And anyone could have like hit me up to be like, hey, do you want to set up an interview of this and that? Do you want to talk to some of the boys and like put the show over? That goes for the rest of the indie promotions out there, too, that there's a lot of good content creators in the podcasting space that can possibly do that for you guys to get more ticket sales. And it'll be a great working relationship between the podcaster, the indie promotion and the wrestlers. But it can get a little hectic and 
you know, a lot of negative stuff can happen. But other than that, like, if you know you're booking some really high-profile guys, it's your job to somewhat promote that because not all the time the wrestlers are going to promote it themselves. So if you are a indie promotion and you're bringing in top names, you got to present the top names as the biggest draws of your promotion because then what's the point of having a promotion and then saying that, oh, the indies are dead or something like that, you know, make sure you utilize all the free resources around you, even though none of us like to work for free and none of us likes to have that exposure. But for the sake of this conversation, like if you really want people to attend and talk about it, because word of mouth is the most free, inexpensive thing that anybody could give anyone else who is a content creator and with that at least you know people are talking you know that people are gonna either tune in or go to their favorite website or their favorite podcaster and be like hey I heard that this event was coming up and these two guys are gonna have a match they're my favorite guys are you gonna do some type of coverage for it you know all this kind of stuff I bring that up because there wasn't enough buzz around Loki versus Kenta and then for everyone else to check out the whole entire show. I watched the whole entire show. I will say that I was looking forward to Kenta versus Loki. And while I was watching the show, the women were really great. Masha Slamovich versus Violet. I want to say ultraviolet. I'm just learning who she is. So please cut me some slack. But that woman's match was really fantastic. I really enjoyed it. House of Glory's world championship match wasn't even the main event. That says a lot. But I think I'm getting off track about the match of Loki versus Kenta. Okay, let's talk about this in all seriousness because I realized that I was just procrastinating. So I bring up the whole business thing because during this match... It looked like Loki had Kenta beat. Kenta was laying flat on his stomach. He was awaiting the warrior's way, which is a double stomp, which is very devastating. And so as Loki is climbing up to the top, here comes a random person that I don't know, but commentators are like, it is detective somebody. I am so sorry that I do not remember this guy's name, but he is a detective and he slaps on some cuffs onto Loki's wrist to try and handcuff him to the top of the ring rope. Now, as a person who has been watching wrestling forever and can break it down like no one else, let's analyze this for a second as a fan that just tuned in to her first House of Glory show on Fight TV. Now, Loki was dressed in his Hitman outfit and if you don't know about his Hitman outfit, go back to MOW to watch his Hitman gimmick, um, which was really good, really interesting. And I think it gave Loki like a breath of fresh air in the wrestling scene. It's a different type of Loki or as he is known as the professional. So I am not sure that this story has continued on from MOW into house of glory and i'm not sure if this same exact spot happened when it was loki versus shingo at house of glory because they have mentioned that too i've heard it somewhere but 
as a first time watcher of this show, I was like, what is the point of this? I have no idea who the guy is. I have no idea who the woman was because she was out there, too. Both of these people are wearing HOGPD shirts. So House of Glory Police Department shirts, which is lame. That is so lame that I've ever seen. Like, come on, guys. And Loki is in the middle and he's trying to figure out what the fuck he should do. Most likely he's going to go after the guy and beat the shit out of him because the guy just interfered. Now, in the midst of all this, while the fans are very intrigued by what is happening on the outside between Loki and Detective somebody, not only is Kenta recovering in the ring, the referee is counting and we get to a count out first because I guess the referee hit 10 and then the bell rang but I really didn't hear it and then the commentators are like oh no we have a count out and then Loki finally realizes that it's a count out and there's a stun hush over the crowd and the crowd is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Loki is trying to figure out what is going on. Kenta, again, is still recovering. And the referee goes to the side and chats with whoever. And they try to get an official word. The commentators are like, man, let them fight for five more minutes. The crowd is like, let them fight. Let them fight. And it was like maybe five minutes, six minutes until we finally got an official answer. And it turns out that it's a no contest. What? How do you do that in New York City, in Queens? How do you say this is a no contest if you hyped it up, if the commentators hyped it up in the beginning, that this is 17 years in the making? We needed a clear and decisive winner. There must have been a reason why House of Glory was the chosen spot to have this match. Because timing is everything in this business. Matches, wins, losses are everything in this business, especially with a story as deep as this. But then all of a sudden, it's like, no contest, guys. So what was the point of the fans paying their hard-earned money to buy a ticket for House of Glory to see this and get this kind of result? You do know that most of those people in attendance was probably there for Kenta versus Loki. It might have been their first time ever watching Kenta live. It might have been their first time ever watching Loki live. Now, as I say that, there's no disrespect to anyone else on the card. Everyone else did wonderful. But because that was a no contest when there should have been a fucking winner, it kind of took me out of it and it kind of took everyone out of it afterwards but they got back into it during the main event and we'll also talk about the main event on here too because man okay my biggest problem with Loki versus Kenta was that it was such an amazing match I understood everything in the match like it was fucking great they are still two of the best that I love to watch no matter what that I will praise, that I will analyze, that I will tell the truth about, like, how they perform in the ring and, like, all that kind of stuff, right? What I didn't appreciate was that I had to wait until the second-to-last match 
to get a no contest between these guys and then to not know any further development between the detective and Loki and why he came out. Because if we're really going to further analyze it, it's not like Kenta paid off the House of Glory PD to do that to Loki. Like Kenta, as much as he is representing Bullet Club, and I say that Bullet Club does Bullet Club things and they have tactics that are questionable and they cheat and all this kind of stuff, right? That didn't happen during this match once. That's why I fucking love this match because it was a competition between two warriors who were trying to find out who was the best once and for all. If indeed I as a fan need to believe that this is 17 years in the making and yesterday was the night that we all could have found out who could have been better than the other. But no, it's a no fucking contest. The story was ruined, okay? And that just tells me that officiating in House of Glory doesn't make sense. And you know which officiating I can trust in professional wrestling? New Japan Pro Wrestling. So if this ever makes it to New Japan ears, I already tweeted it out to Obari. And that's very bold of me to like say this on here on my own podcast. But if anyone from New Japan Pro Wrestling hears this, please, for Wrestle Kingdom 17, I know we have a stacked card. And I don't use the word stacked at all. I really don't. But I know we have an impressive. There we go. That's more me. We have an impressive Wrestle Kingdom 17 card. Is there any way we can add Kenta versus Loki at Wrestle Kingdom 17? Because at least I can trust the New Japan Pro Wrestling officials to make the right call. Even with all the shenanigans that like House of Torture pulls, I can still be like, New Japan officials, I trust you guys. Let's have this match there. Because then it's going to be at the highest caliber. We're going to get two professional wrestlers. We're going to get the story of a lifetime. And it just makes more sense to have it in a professional environment. Now, let me just quickly talk about the main event and how House of Glory ended on Fight TV. So the main event was the Briscoe brothers defending their House of Glory Tag Team Championships against main event. And this tag team is the boys of Amazing Red. He trained them, gave them a platform, all of that. This was a two out of three falls match. So after rationalizing and coming to terms with getting a no contest between Kenta versus Loki. I was completely taken out of the whole entire show, including the main event. I paid attention to the main event. It was a two out of three falls where after the first fall, the second fall was about introducing hardcore weapons. And then, you know, the third one is the decisive winner. So in this match, we get a decisive win which is, spoiler alert for anyone that has not read the results and or probably seen the show, main event won Tag Team Gold. It is their first Tag Team Gold win. 
the Briscoes dropped the belts to them because the Briscoes are now Ring of Honor tag team champions. And I believe there can't be like any sort of like crossover between like House of Glory and AEW. So that's why the Briscoes dropped the belts to main event and put them over. The highlight of this tag match was Midas held a hula hoop and his tag team partner is a lion. And so he goes, bounces off the ropes and does this like twisting senton through the hula hoop. So it's a dive. And he unfortunately missed and landed into the door that was set up but that was the highlight of the match that was fucking great good job on him for doing that but i know he's waking up and he's like completely sore it was a really good match the crowd got back into it i watched it but like i said i was completely taken out from what happened previously so after that they're celebrating we have a very feel good time amazing red comes down and you know um even Brian XL comes down and he's presenting them with brand new championship belts. And then we have the turn of the last month. I was going to say the turn of the century. It's not really the turn of the century, but a heel tactic comes about where Brian XL grabs a chair and hits one of the tag team members from behind. And also amazing red joins in and Brian XL grabs the mic And again, as a fan, I'm supposed to believe this, but I really don't because it was just a page taken out of Vince McMahon's playbook when Vince was like, I'm going to destroy my product for the inside out and I'm going to inject it with venom. And that's the first thing that like I saw. The first thing I thought of, I should really say. So Brian gets on the mic, basically says that. Everyone has been ungrateful. The fans have been ungrateful. They have been booking the big name stars and like nobody really cares. Well, first of all, you can book big name stars. But if you're not going to reach out to podcasters like myself and others, like I was saying earlier, to put over your show and to have some type of exchange between the podcaster and the indie promotion and the wrestlers too, if you're not going to use the free word of mouth advantage with some really goodies and exchanges, then you really can't say that people are ungrateful. Because if people don't know, they don't know. They're more focused on WWE. They're more focused on MOW. They're more focused on Impact Wrestling. They're more focused on, um, did I mention AEW? They're more focused on like New Japan Pro Wrestling, stardom, even Warrior Wrestling now, because Warrior Wrestling is starting to use word of mouth. Warrior Wrestling is starting to use the things that are available around them. You know, I just say that if you want to utilize the word of mouth approach, also make sure that there's goodies and incentives for us podcasters to be in it and willing to do this for you to make sure that people buy the tickets, people can buy the merch. And, you know, if you're going to bring in really top stars, that that respect has to be there. So Brian is saying all of that. And then he's saying that we are going to destroy what we built. That sounds awfully a lot like Vince McMahon. So the first thing I thought of was in 2023, does that mean that House of Glory is no more? Because House of Glory has been around forever. It beat out Bronx Wrestling Federation over here in the Bronx. 
it beat out other little promotions that are here. Well, were once here before the pandemic. So House of Glory has been around for years. And to say that we're going to destroy what we built, that's the first thing I'm thinking of is that they're closing the doors in 2023. I might be completely wrong and that's okay because I am only speculating. I don't know what's going to happen in 2023 when it comes to House of Glory, but just based on what I saw and reacting as a fan, that's the first thing that I think of. Did I enjoy the show? Overall, it was okay. Do I think that some stuff could have been a little bit more better, a little more polished? Yes. But my main concern was that having a no contest between two of the biggest names in wrestling, having a no contest after it has been built up by commentators that it's a 17 years in the making, a no contest as a decision is very stupid. And I explain why. Normally on my podcast shows, I don't like to just say something that's stupid and move on. I always like to be giving solutions on how to improve it. There could have been a winner at House of Glory. You could have sent the fans home. And, you know, a New York crowd back in the day probably would have rioted and would have really gave, you know, the company a piece of their mind if something like that were to happen way before pre-pandemic days. So, like, the crowd in Queens, I was like, this is not a, an authentic Queens crowd. If this was, like, at the Manhattan Center, we probably would have got some type of noise where they probably would have chanted, like, fuck you or something. But, you know, it just was one of those calming type of reactions. And I was like, oh, man. Either way, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody in house of glory i don't mean any disrespect to any wrestlers that were at house of glory this is only me reviewing it because it wasn't right and it should have never ended in a no contest knowing that people spend their money to watch this match i don't think that having a no contest is going to have people come back if they decide to do a part two for house of glory to find out who's really going to be the actual winner. You could have just decided it that night and both Kenta and Loki could have went on their very ways and maybe not like talk shit to each other for a while or something like that. You know, like we could have had a decisive win between these two men and house of glory will forever be in the conversations in the debates between wrestling podcasters, wrestling fans, any type of panel-like content creation for years to come. Because if you are a smaller independent promotion, and this goes for all the promotions that I see on Twitter and for those I interact with and for those that I really do enjoy watching, if you want to stay in this game long-term, not only do you have to make the right decisions, and that is a very subjective type of answer, type of thinking for your product and for your promotion, and making the right decisions is often the hardest thing to ever do as a promoter and as a booker and as a storyteller that pushes programs that make sense, that pushes character growth that makes sense, that pushes angles that make sense. Like It's a whole entire work. I totally get it. 
And I really do enjoy the storytelling aspect of professional wrestling because, again, my background is a creative writer with a publishing degree. So, like, I love all that stuff. But the point is that aside from making the very tough decisions, you also have to utilize what is around you in a very appropriate and ethical way because it can get chaotic and bad and negative if it is abused. So there are things that you can control. There are things that you can do to hype up your promotion to stay in this business as long as you want because essentially wrestling does unite everybody wrestling has taken us on different paths have us tell different stories and explain why we love being in this business i think that we're all crazy to love such a sport like this but like i said if you want to stay in this world and for people to recognize your promotion and stuff like that just utilize the things you can utilize in a very ethical way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap from me, your host, Marie Shadows, right here on Square Circle Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and understood it from a different perspective and from a business point of view. By no means is this to be taken as offense. This is just to learn from what could have been a better night for fans watching around the world and also in attendance. It's all about learning and picking up your mistakes and learning how to make it better for a better product, for a better sport that we all love. And if you enjoy that, then please make sure to share this episode on your own social media so that way your networks and your people get to know that there is a podcast out there that talks about professional wrestling and enjoys what she does also if you're going to share it make sure to tell a friend and make sure to hit that follow button on spotify because this will be up on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcast episodes make sure that you are following the square circle podcast Make sure you are also following my newsletter. If you guys are not signed up to my newsletter, it is an extension of the Square Circle podcast where you get more wrestling insights. And I will soon be adding my fictional stories to my newsletter. And then you guys are going to know what's going to be happening for 2023. You will be the first to know about all new content, including what I'm going to be doing on Twitch, including my podcast episodes, any upcoming interviews, which you will be able to ask some questions if you would like to ask some questions, and my wonderful side project that I will be dropping at the end of this month. So make sure that you are signed up at marieshadows.substack.com. Don't wait and don't hesitate marieshadows.substack.com also the last little thing is to make sure you are following me at twitch.tv forward slash marie underscore shadows we are definitely going to be watching a lot more wrestling on that channel we're going to be listening to wrestling podcasts and whenever i get a little burned out from wrestling we will be playing some video games also i did say that that was the last thing but also make sure to follow me on twitter at Maria underscore shadows. That is the best place to keep in contact with me to let me know your thoughts about any of my podcast episodes. Whenever I go live on Twitch, anything from my newsletter, you will hear it there for when I go live. It's just another way to keep in contact with me. So again, 
marieshadows.substack.com for the newsletter, at marie underscore shadows for Twitter, twitch.tv forward slash marie underscore shadows. And make sure to like, hit that bell notification on any of the podcasting platforms that you listen to the Square Circle podcast on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of the Square Circle podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.